1: g'day this is barry fitzgerald garampero columnist for stockhead welcome to another edition of the explorers podcast today we are catching up with mick billing mick is executive chairman of the aim and the asx listed Thor mining plc it trades under the code thr or tango hotel rabia it has a lot on the go and has just added a made in america uranium vanadium leg to its story Now, it's mostly traded on AIM, which makes uh, what Comsec will tell you about the market cap here a bit misleading. Suffice to say, its market cap's around $8 million, which is just about the size that gets Garen Power a bit excited in his search for juniors with plenty on the go and lots of leverage to the upside. Followers of the stock will know that Thor owns the development-ready tungsten molybdenum project in the NT and uh, early-stage pilot tungsten project in Nevada said to be the biggest known deposit of the strategic metal in the US. Thor also has a stake in the copper developer, Environ Copper, which has an interest in the historic Kapunda copper mine and the Munta copper exploration project area in South Australia, to which it brings um, a particular focus on in-situ leaching, which is uh, interesting in itself. It also has a uh, gold project uh, based in the Pilbara in WA, now, if there's a common theme to all that, I guess it would have to be Thor's liking for metals of a strategic nature. With that, I'm going to say day to Mick and welcome him to the show. Hi, Mick, and thanks for your time today.
0: G'day, very uh, Nice to talk to you and uh, g'day to uh, all your listeners.
1: Now, uh, Mick, before jumping in, um, it'd be great if you could tell listeners a bit about yourself, where you hail from and your background in, in the industry and that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, sure, Barry. Um, I was born and bred in the, the Mallee here in South Australia, where I'm lucky enough to live uh, now. Um, I joined the mining industry uh, with Bougainville Copper in uh, 1974 um, and uh, worked up there in uh, on Bougainville Island for half a dozen years. Um, back to South Australia um, with the start of a young family, worked uh, in the drilling business, then with the Beverly Uranium Project, um, for, uh, for some time um, before joining Western Mining in 83. Um, worked with WMC in South Australia and in the gold fields for about 14 years. And then uh, been in the junior space, I guess, for, uh, for the last 20 odd years, um, helping uh, small companies um, uh, get from where they, hope, try to get from where they were to where they would like to be um, sometimes. Uh, more successfully than others, but uh, that's the nature of small company business.
1: Mm, Okay. Now, you mentioned some great names there, Bagaville Copper, WMC, plus an interesting mix, the the big and the small, as it were. So the focus now is very much on the the smaller end, and uh, if so, why is that? Uh, It
0: it is, Barry. Um, To some extent, uh, it's a matter of uh, it chose me rather than the other way around. But Mm -hmm. uh, I'm certainly very happy to be... uh, uh working with small companies at the moment at the moment i've uh, been a non-exec director and executive director of uh probably four or five over the last 20 odd years um, but as of um, a year or so ago i've been focusing exclusively on Thor because it's a uh, uh it's a business that's got a fair bit going on as you said and uh it has um, uh some wonderful opportunities but uh you can't afford to be part-time at
1: Mm, okay now the big news with the company is this uh, uranium vanadium push into the us uh can we fill listeners in uh, on just what the deal is and what you're picking up and perhaps uh, how it's being uh, funded and uh, what the next steps there are
0: yeah sure barry um that'll take a couple of moments yeah. uh, <laughs> i was, say, I was just a thinking that as i was
1: there. saying it here we go <laughs> <laughs> um
0: look we've uh, as i as i mentioned i've had some experience in the uranium business in the past with uh, the Beverly Project and then uh, in my WMC days, part of which was associated with Olympic Dam. Um, And we've seen a a, a lift in in prices and in enthusiasm for the uranium story over the last year or so. Spot prices have gone up as uh, supplies well short of uh, demand in 2019 and looks like being short again in the current year um, so we were we were having a quiet look and then um, uh, and, and then a, a guy we know uh, put to us a proposal that um, uh, that something in the Colorado slash Utah uh, eurovan mineral belt was, was available and that's an area that uh, Historically, has produced a hell of a lot of, uh, of quite high-grade uranium, um, and uh, and also some uh, vanadium associated with it. Um, and that's, you know, if if it's an area of high where the grades are high, um, that has been mined in the past. And I think um, this Eurovan belt produced best part of seventy million pounds of uranium over the uh, over the uh, period of time from uh, the late forties, I guess, through to what... Uh, the early mid '80s, when things slowed down a bit, but that's pretty significant. Um, and so we said, "Well, let's kick the tires." We uh, kicked the tires, like what we saw, and 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 said, "Let's do a deal." Um, the uh, most of the uh, uh, the outlay to acquire this project, or the companies that own this project, more particularly uh are in shares rather than cash um mm. there was $50,000 in cash for as part of the exclusivity fee and the rest is in shares and uh if we um the total acquisition um cash and shares is um about 190,000 Aussie dollars worth of uh, shares which is a uh, a relatively small part of our our market cap mm. uh there are there are payments later on uh, on project milestones, uh, again in shares. But um, if we're achieving uh, what we set out to uh, set as a standard to deliver those payments, uh, this project will be going extraordinarily well, and I think mm. people are going to be pretty happy with the the outcome. Um, the uh, I think there's um, a couple of things. Extra things going for this project that uh, make it pretty exciting for us and hopefully investors in the short term. Um, uh, in particular, about 50 k's away, there's a uh, there's a processing plant that has historically taken ore from mines in the area and put them put that all through on a toll treatment toll treatment basis. Uh, it's owned by Energy Fuels. Um, uh, and that's and, so, uh, that's
1: in production today, is it still?
0: That's operating at the moment. It was only yep. operating at about 30 percent capacity, Barry. So, mm. if if there was a uh, uh, an outfit um, ready to produce, or or permitted and financed and ready to uh, to start mining, you would think one of the things you'd do very quickly is have a conversation with this uh, with the, mm. the operator of this facility, because um, the um, the financial and the regulatory and environmental hurdles associated with financing new processing plant for this purpose would be pretty significant. Uh, if you mm. compare it to the hurdles for um, a relatively modest mining operation and uh, and then haulage down to a facility fifty k's away, I'm pretty sure we both know what we'd rather do in the first instance.
1: Now, mm. uh, just to uh, specify, uh, we t- this is uh, hard rock, not in situ lich.
0: That's correct. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the Eurovan Mineral Belt is in sandstones um, and so the first thing we thought of when it was brought to our attention was, is this an in-situ leach uh, proposition? But um, all the information we've had to date is uh, from our team in, in, in the area and we're lucky enough to have a team of people who've worked for us on and off for, for a number of years and they're based in Denver. Um, have know the area very well, and they say no. This is these rocks are too tight for in situ leaching. Um, no. Sandstone, but uh, uh, substantially silicified. Um, the uh, the the process is is acid leach um, uh, to recover the uranium and the vanadium, followed by solvent extraction, etc. But uh, but it, the rocks are too tight for in situ leaching. Whether mm. you could heap leach, um, time, would, yeah, there are things that uh, we may think about, um, but all the processing to date has been uh, on the basis of uh, uh, underground mining followed by uh, processing conventional mineral processing for uranium and, and vanadium uh, in a uh, in a leaching environment.
1: Right,
0: yeah. but it uh, requires quite some grind, unfortunately.
1: Mm. The I um, understand the. The uh, tenements in uh, western Colorado actually cover historic hard rock uranium mines, whereas the ones in southeast Utah, there's uh, advanced to the stage of historical uh, drilling results. Um, from all that, are you able... To, uh, the, I take there's no... Uh, there is not a York resource uh, not at, at all. this point. Uh, um, but is that the plan to start working towards that?
0: Uh, obviously, uh, Barry. Um, the, the, there was a... A historic resource on the uh, the vanadium king deposits, or uh, out at uh, in in Utah. Um, now they are, uh, uh, but they've never been mined. Um, and mm-hmm. but they are just to the north of uh, uh, the Thompson Creek uh, belt of mines that uh, have historically produced quite good grade uranium and, and vanadium. Uh, Hunt Oil and Outfit, um, back in the 80s, um, had their mineral division, uh, drill a bunch of holes. They came up with a resource that, um, well, before Jork was ever heard of, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, they said about uh, 5 million pounds of uranium and 16 million pounds of vanadium. But so, it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly a, a target worth chasing, but... Um, uh, it's not your compliant and uh, I'm not pretending it's going to be. We've obviously mm. got to go back and uh, and do quite a bit of work there. Now, we we are on the hunt for to see if we can find that historical drill data because that would be uh, very, very useful indeed, but we've not managed to locate it
1: yet. Mm. Okay. Um, what sort of importance did you put on the projects being in uh, the US given the various uh, moves the government there has made around Euro- securing uh, domestic supplies?
0: Well, that's um, a particular attraction right now, Barry, because the US government has uh, put become quite... Uh, quite focused on establishing its own domestic supply of a whole bunch of critical minerals. Um, uh, One of them is tungsten, which is, we have some of that too, but uh, in this case, we're talking about uranium and and to some extent also vanadium. Um, They they are very focused on uh, having their own source of supply. Nuclear power, for those who don't know, generates about 20% of the uh, energy requirements for the US. Um, there is some uh, uranium mined in the US for to supply that um, uh, that requirement, but a very small fraction. They get most of their uranium from from Canada, from here in Australia, um, and from uh, and from Kazakhstan and a little bit, I believe, from Uzbekistan. They would like uh, to have more of it come from domestic sources, and they've put together a fund of 150 million US dollars specifically devoted to um, uh, to Coming up with a uh, um, a supply or a warehouse of domestically sourced fuel, mm. and uh, we would love to be in a position to uh, to help them meet that requirement.
1: So, when you get on the ground there, what's uh, what, what's the immediate focus?
0: Um, I guess in the uh, there's two things, uh, Barry. I guess we'd want to do quite soon, and and to some extent, it does depend on. Um, uh, on us concluding the deal, and uh, so far the due diligence is going well and we're ticking all the boxes, but uh, there's still a little bit of work to do. Uh, if Assuming that all happens, and as I suspect it will, uh, obviously we've got to turn some of these uh, uh, targets into uh, into resources, so it will require some drilling. Um, the other thing we need to do is, um, is have a talk to uh, the people at uh, Energy Fuels operate this plant uh, just around the corner uh, to see if we can establish some sort of potential working relationship with them. Uh, we uh, The the process for uh, seeking drill approvals in the US is something we, we know a little bit about uh, because we've uh, done this in Nevada a few times. Uh, the stuff in um, uh, Colorado is uh, a little shallower and probably a little easier to uh, and cheaper to to explore than the uh, uh, the stuff in Utah. And there are a couple of pretty tasty looking zones that we would want to drill quite early. Um, so that might be first, but mm-hmm. um, I'm not really in a position to give a concrete uh, uh, a, a concrete statement on when and how many holes and how much it's going to no. cost. Just
1: mm-hmm. be. Yeah, OK. Well, it's an interesting push in at an interesting time in the uranium market. Now, just swinging back to the existing project, Molly Hill, being in the tungsten molybdenum project in NT, and the pilot tungsten project in Nevada. They there's still a focus on those, uh, even with this push into uranium.
0: In, indeed, Barry. Um, uh, at Molly Hill, we don't have to spend a lot of money to keep uh, to keep pushing this one forward, although there's always things you can do because uh, effectively it, it's done. We've got um, a resource, we've got a reserve, we've done all the MET test work, uh, we've got agreement from the traditional owners to do what we want to do, we've got an agreement from the EPA that says we don't mm-hmm. need to do any more.
1: Now these mm-hmm. things
0: are all subject to change, but that's the status as it is right now and I have no uh, expectation that, that they will change. What, uh, what we're chasing now is... Just over forty million US dollars for project finance. Now, right. this is not a great time in the tungsten cycle um, to uh, finance something. It's a commodity that you can't hedge, but um, uh, and therefore can't lock in forward pricing particularly well. But mm. it's it is on our agenda, and uh, and it hasn't come off. And uh, we are still quite confident over time that that will be financed at uh, Pilot Mountain in Nevada. Um, uh, it's a little, that's a little way off. Uh, you know, it is um, quite a large resource by uh, global standards, and it's certainly the largest, in, my, in our view, uh, declared resource, either JORC or 43101 in the US. And, um, but there is about, oh, in my view, three or four years' work to do mainly environmental plus some uh, infrastructure-type work before this is ready for, for development. And so that's not going to get a lot of our time right now. We're going to focus on the things that we believe can de- deliver value and start generating cash, um, probably in front of Pilot Mountain right now.
1: Mm. Just wondering whether, the you know, uh, tungsten is clearly a strategic metal. Um, much of the production controlled by China, the world increasingly nervous about uh, supply chains, whether they be out of China or anywhere else for that matter. Um, Are you sensing any rub-off on interest in the projects from uh, either at government levels or private equity groups or uh, other mining groups?
0: Um, Certainly government levels. Uh, There's a critical minerals facilitation office uh, set up by the Australian government that uh, opened its doors in January of this year, Barry. They've been... um, uh, in conversation with uh, like-minded folk uh, at government level in the US and you know, and uh, and and we believe <clears throat> pardon me there is an opportunity there and and we are we are pursuing that but uh, if it was easy it would have been done by now mm. um, so it, it take it takes a little while um, and we're working away at it but uh, um, and I'd love to be able to announce tomorrow or the day after um, this was locked in with a whole bunch of uh, government um, loan money at, uh, uh, at very low interest rates. But um, I I'm not able to do that just yet. But um, as soon as I find out, I'll let you know.
1: Yeah, that's right. I think it will show up in the market pretty quickly. The, um, <laughs> the, and the, uh, well, copper in uh, uh, South Australia, that's pretty much looked after by Environ Copper. Um, what's happening there? What are you hearing there? Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, Barry, this is uh, a step outside of the norm for us. Um, There's a couple of guys who worked in um, the in-situ leaching uranium mines here in South Australia at Beverly and Honeymoon and places like that,
1: came out of that business
0: knowing a little bit more about uh, what you could do with in-situ leaching uh, than they did when they went into it. And um, they found a couple of projects that they thought were uh, were suitable, um, did the deal, um, and and then started Talking to people about um, you know, about finance to to make it happen, and, and that's where um, that's where we came in to some extent. Um, so we've got about a twenty five percent equity in that. We're going to thirty. What is what we've been doing at Capunda in particular, or what Enviro Copper have been doing, is gradually ticking off all the boxes that uh, say technically uh, in situ recovery or in situ leaching, as it's known, uh, is both feasible and, and commercial. Uh, there's still a bit to go, but um, uh, but they have a resource uh, for part of the uh, uh, the deposit there, about 120,000 tons of copper. Um, interestingly, there at Capunda, um, Barry, there's also about a third of the historical holes drilled, um, going back to the 50s and 60s and uh, thereabouts, mm. were, were actually for, for gold, and most mm. of those had gold in them. Uh, not all. Um, so I can't say there's gold evenly distributed across the resource, but uh, there's certainly gold there. And the the really good thing about the process that, that we're using to recover the copper, we're using a product uh, developed by the CSIRO to dissolve the copper in the ground uh, to, before it's pulled up to the surface. Mm-hmm. It's also dissolving the gold. So any gold that we do manage to produce out of there is going to come to the surface in solution for zero cost. And that's a pretty healthy upside. Um, mm. what, I, what I'm not able to do right now is say how much gold there is in, in resource terms. But um, uh, the best drill hole uh, historically on this was 95 metres at three grams. That's a bit of an outlier. The average is probably somewhere between one and one and a half grams. But um, around September, um, uh, perhaps listeners could um, look for uh, for a drilling program that we're planning to uh, conduct there, focusing principally on just teasing out that gold story, while and and hopefully you know, getting us closer to adding some resource, gold resources to the uh, to the overall resource mix, um, mm. and uh, and that would go. Uh, that would go very nicely along, and we'll be doing that while we're continuing with the um, uh, the work at Capunda uh, for uh, technical and financial feasibility. And a good part of that has been funded by the Australian government by way of a uh, a research grant, which is uh, which is a very nice thing to have.
1: Yeah, am I right in thinking that you could look almost look at that as a uh, Kapunda being a proving ground for this technology that and the technology could be applied elsewhere where uh, an ore body, a known ore body might not support an open-cut or underground mining development, whereas this uh, would offer uh, up I a low-cost that, solution? Or? Uh,
0: I think that is, that's what in-situ leaching or in-situ recovery does, vary, um, provided you've got the right sort of geological and gra- ground conditions, et cetera, and they need to be relatively unique. It's not going to work for everyone. You
1: couldn't... Okay. Um,
0: you couldn't use it in a, uh, when well, you couldn't readily use it in a place like Olympic Dam, but uh, it's extensively used in, for uranium recovery um, mm-hmm. and also for potash recovery. There's a couple of outfits in the US, in Arizona, doing this right now, um, uh, and, um, Excelsior Mines Gunnison project in Arizona and also Tosico Mines Florence project uh, uh, going through the uh, the early stage. They're just commencing production right now. Uh, using exactly this process, but they're using acid to dissolve the copper. There's no gold there for them to get out. Yes. So that's a uh, so that's an acid recovery. We're using something that um, uh, from the CSIRO that uh, does the same job, but it also dissolves the gold, and we suspect um, uh, is probably going to be a little cheaper in gross terms than uh, than acid anyway.
1: Mm, okay, interesting stuff. Okay, Mick, you've given us a a great rundown there on both the the push into uh, uranium-vanadium in uh, the States and the existing projects. So I wish you all the uh, best with those and uh, look forward to uh, getting another update from you uh, pretty soon. So thanks for your time today. I look forward to uh, our next conversation. and Thanks very much for uh, for taking the time.